Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Just a warning that today's episode of The Quickie discusses suicide. If this is a trigger, maybe pop your headphones out for this one. And if you do need help, please reach out to somebody. The team at Lifeline are waiting to chat to you right now. 13 11 14. What would you do if the life of your teenage child was at risk? Would you quit your job? That's what some parents are facing as the world emerges from a pandemic. Anxiety levels and mental health issues are at an all-time high and young people are struggling to get on top of it. The people and the parents that I speak to and support with parenting mental health all want to be at work. They don't want to be at home looking after a teenager as if they're a toddler. It's a stage of life that many parents find difficult to balance. So should we consider an alternative to maternity or paternity leave to help out? Today, we look at a new concept teen-ternity leave for those who need to get their kids through a rough time. Suicide is a leading cause of death among Australians aged 15 to 24. Of course, you must factor in that within this age group, you're much less likely to die from some other cause, like a chronic illness. But still, in 2020, 381 young Aussies died from suicide. 99 of those were children aged 5 to 17. The vast majority of those deaths, 74%, occurred in children aged 15 to 17. Sadly, those numbers are increasing. But while we give parents time to adjust to a new baby with maternity and paternity leave, there's no leave scheme in place for parents beyond that, other than carer's leave that only covers a few days a year before you need to start taking leave without pay. So what if your child needed you during their teen years more than ever? That's what happened to UK mum Suzanne Alderson, whose daughter was struggling with chronic bullying at school. She told the BBC program Woman's Hour that it was something they'd presumed was a teenage phase and then they could just ride it out together. I was absolutely consumed with keeping my daughter alive. So deadlines and suicide don't really work together. I mean, I just really, at that time, obviously didn't necessarily care about very much other than keeping her alive. But saying that, I still had a team that I worked with. I still had a team I was responsible for. And I still had to explain to people why I was absent. And the judgment and the stigma around having a child with a mental health issue is enormous. And we talk about, let's talk more about mental health. But actually, there's still a judgment in society that in some way you've caused this. As a parent, that was your responsibility to stop it happening. But when it came to looking after her daughter, Suzanne realised that being a full-time mum and a full-time worker at the same time just wasn't compatible. She declined to the point where she couldn't leave the house. She couldn't sleep. She wasn't eating. And so I took her to see our GP. And I have to say that we probably ignored this a little bit for about 12 months. We thought that we could just get her through. It was something just part of being a teenager. She asked if she could go in on her own. And at that appointment, she disclosed to him that she had a plan to end her life imminently. 
Suzanne told her husband, who she ran a company with, that she'd have to step back for a few months while they dealt with their daughter's health issues, he taking on her clients to try and help them through. So what support is available to people here in Australia for parents of older children who need their focus at vulnerable times in their lives? When we asked parents whether there should be some form of support for those with older children, this is what they had to say. I personally feel that our kids need us on a really high level at every stage of their life, not just when they enter their teen years. I mean, really, a baby, that's when they're growing the most, learning the most. Maybe we should have babyternity leave. Or I have a 10-year-old and honestly, she's got an attitude worse than a raging bull. So I'd really like tweenternity leave, please. But really, I mean, I'm not sure it's really necessary to separate the teens from the tweens from when they're toddlers and babies and older adults because really they need our guidance and support at every single stage of their lives. And I just feel as though that's what we accept when we become parents is that we will always be there through every stage of their life for guidance and support as they're constantly growing and learning and just figuring shit out. Our kids definitely need us in very different ways as they grow up. When they're little, it's more physically draining and they need that real physical presence of us in their lives. As they move into teenage years and beyond, it's much less of a physical presence and far more of an emotional presence. You just never know if you're saying the right thing or doing the right thing. I have a number of friends who have teenagers who've had major mental health crises and they've had to quit their jobs because they simply have to be there physically and emotionally for their kids and they can't balance work and family. And now things that are improving for their kids, they're looking to come back to work and that's really hard. We also asked what people without kids thought of them getting benefits they may not have access to and this was their response. As someone who doesn't have kids, I think I'd feel a little bit ripped off because there's a lot of reasons why someone might need additional leave and that reason isn't always that they have kids. In many instances, parents do get a lot of leeway that people without children don't get. So they get to finish early, they get to have certain days off, often at short notice, and you can feel like you have to pick up the slack for other people. A better solution would just be to have perhaps a new type of leave arrangement where you can use it to look after your teenagers or you can use it to look after your parents or your sick pet or whatever else you've got going on. Maybe you just need a break. I think trying to keep it equal and fair for everyone, no matter what their life choices are or what their life stage is, is probably the best. That way you don't get the animosity between anyone feeling like they're getting ripped off. I'm not a parent of older kids, but I definitely have an opinion about this. I just think it means that we need more access to leave. At this point, four weeks of annual leave just isn't enough when you have a family to have a decent rest for yourself or to be able to have some more balance and then be able to participate in what your kids are doing. And it's why so many parents and in particular mothers have to work part time because they're trying to juggle being present and involved with their children at any age with a full-time job, which can be really challenging. Who better to ask about possible teenternity leave than a woman who's not only the mother of teenagers, but who also runs a business? My own boss, Mia Friedman. I never really thought that people were taking it seriously as a a sort of a form of paid leave. And I wouldn't support that, not just because I'm an employer, but also because 
I think the worst possible thing for teenagers would be to have mum or dad just hanging around the house waiting for them when they got home from school for months. So I think that we shouldn't take it too literally. Why I think it's a really important conversation to have is that until you become the parent of a teenager, you don't realise that your teenagers need you around more. So I think it's more of an education piece for parents rather than a responsibility for employers, if that makes sense. Because the other thing, it's so hard for parents because we're told don't hover too much, don't be a helicopter, don't be a snowplow, you know, let them wobble, let them get a bit more independent and more resilient by learning how to cope with, you know, difficult things. But I just think all we need to understand is that that idea that kids need you less and less and less as they get older, which is what I read in the brochure before I came home from hospital with my newborn, is just not true. And what they do need is more of your time. So I think that that might be not necessarily taking a sabbatical from work, although if your child has a period of severe mental illness, you might need to do that. And I've got friends who've done that. They've taken leave from work. But I don't think it's something that every kid needs. And I don't think it's something that every parent needs to do. But I think that also employers need to understand that if a parent has to leave a bit early or work from home for a period because of stuff going on with their teenagers, that's really normal. That's not unexpected. And we should be able to have those conversations. Do you ever find you get pushback from employees that you have who don't have kids who might perceive your employees who do have children as getting more leeway, more flexibility or more opportunity to spend time with their families because they do have children? Do you ever find your employees who don't have kids are a bit upset by that? We have quite a lot of young staff at Mamma Mia and so we don't just limit these kinds of conversations to people's kids. We have people who have needed to take leave or work from home for a period or travel interstate and and live there for a time because of issues with their parents or their partners. I've had um, a number of people who've needed to actually leave their jobs to go and become carers for a time for their parents because they were only children and there was nobody else that could care for their parent who was ill. So I think it's more employers just understanding that employees are people who have a lot of responsibilities outside their job and that sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes there will be periods where some leeway is required to lean in to those caring responsibilities. Marion Baird is Professor of Gender and Employment Relations at the University of Sydney. Marion's background is in industrial relations and her research focuses on gender and employment, in particular how regulation and social norms interact to produce different labour market outcomes for women and men. Her influential research on maternity leave in Australia led to the introduction of Australia's first paid parental leave scheme. Marion, is there any kind of government support for Australian parents whose children need them later in life? In relation to the workplace, there isn't anything specific. One could use some of the paid leaves that are available. For instance, in Australia, under the National Employment Standard, if you're an employee, and of course it can get more complicated if you're casual and you don't meet the eligibility requirements, 
But for someone who's in an ongoing job, they are entitled to 10 days of personal carer's leave paid each year. And some employers actually will allow you to accumulate that over a few years. So one could use that leave if you were wanting to look after a teenage child, for example. But by doing that, you would also eat into your own paid sick leave. And of course, you might use up the full 10 days pretty quickly. You've worked extensively on paid parental leave. How would you see something like teenternity leave be introduced? Do you think that would be a viable option to allow parents a couple of weeks or even longer when their older children are struggling? We saw that in Australia it took decades for paid parental leave to be introduced at the government level. So I don't see any rapid introduction of something called teenternity leave or a particular leave for adolescent children. What we might see more movement on, however, is leave for life purposes, if you like, because increasingly what we're seeing is there are lots of events in life that workers need leave to attend to. So these leaves might go to fertility treatments on the one hand or palliative care for an older relative on the other. And then in between, there are all sorts of other issues that come up. And one of them would be, as you're sort of speculating here, the need to pay special attention to teenage children or adolescent children as they're going through difficult times. So there is a bit of a move internationally, not specifically in Australia at the moment, but to recognise that there are these different life course events that require people to take some time off work. And we might see some movement in that area. So what I'm saying here is really a more general, what I have called recently, living life leave, a leave that allows you to attend to those unexpected circumstances and the great variety of them that might happen. I'd also like to add here the reason why we see this as important now and we didn't 40 years ago, for example, is because we've got both men and women working in the paid workforce. So what we do see in Australia is that women, however, tend to find that flexibility to look after children, whether they're old or young, by working part-time. And so that's how women in Australia have really adjusted without having these other leaves They tend to work out their own work patterns around their family needs. Do we feel like the COVID pandemic has maybe opened the eyes of business as to how flexible they now need to be with their workforce? A lot of women report coming back into the workforce after having children to no options for part-time work, for example, or being given a little bit more flexibility on the hours they work. Do you think our mindset has changed a bit there? I think definitely the mindset has changed, not only for employers, but employees to think about their working patterns differently. So that is another factor that we might want to consider now. It might not be that employees want to work fewer hours, but they might be asking for more flexibility about where they work. And especially if you consider adolescent children, it could be that you just want to be closer to them. You want to be on hand. So working from home is an option rather than going into work. And that also usually means a one or two hour commute or maybe more each day. So I think COVID has really shifted the dial in that respect. 
where it's going to be harder for employers to say you can't work from home or in a different location and you can't change your hours because, of course, we've seen they have done that and employees have been willingly really adapting to COVID situations. So I do think we'll see a bit of a shift in that area. And again, that might lead us to move away from specific types of leave, but to more general flexibilities around work. As we've discussed in previous episodes of The Quickie, the number of children seeking medical intervention for mental health issues has increased dramatically since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. That means there are more parents than ever helping their children through a difficult time in their lives. Parents who may also have to juggle full-time work. Parents who can't afford to take the time it may take to save their child's life while also supporting that child's needs financially. Some businesses have tried to take on helping parents more from a company level, but it has understandably led to tensions with those who don't have children. A meeting of Facebook employees called after the company announced more benefits to help parents navigate the pandemic with children saw those without kids argue that recent changes had primarily benefited parents, one accusing another employee of not pulling his weight after taking time off to take care of his child. Salesforce announced they were offering parents six weeks of paid time off, but one manager said two other employees without children complained that parents' needs were being put ahead of their own, having to pick up the slack when parents take time off. So what can we do about it without alienating one side or the other? Yeah, well, this is a real tension, actually, in workplaces today, and that was emerging pre-COVID. We need workers to have children. You know, as a country, we need to encourage, in a sense, or to at least allow people the flexibility and the supports at work to enable them to have children. And that's a community need. It's not just an individual need. On the other hand, we also see there are groups of people who are not having children. And we expect that to increase, by the way, given the research we've done. Parents finding it harder to have children and balance work and family, and certainly they're finding it more difficult to have more than one child. So that's a bit of an aside, but we have to think about that in the broader context of a whole country and our community. How do we deal with those workers who don't have children? Well, all workers will have someone that they need to care for. It would be very unusual for them not to have an older parent or a relative or someone else who needs them to provide some care at some stage in their working life. And that's why I return to this issue of more generic forms of leave or an ability to say to, and this discussion is happening in Australia, a right to request leave for any caring purpose or for other life events if you need to do some more study or attend to community services in some way. These are the areas that we're now discussing and that's one way of equalising the access to leave for people with children and people without children. And it can be less of a gender issue and more of a yeah, who has the family responsibilities issue. When it comes down to the workplace, however, this is where you have to have systems and conversations around how do we equally distribute access to leave over the calendar year. And I know there are problems there and it's not always easy to resolve. So there has to be some compromise, some discussion and maybe a bit of give and take about who works every Christmas or who works every second weekend or who always has the holidays off. You know, these are the issues you do have to deal with at a workplace level. 
This episode of The Quickie was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Siobhan Moran-McFarlane, with audio production by Ian Camilleri. And if there's a news story you'd like us to check out for you in a little bit more depth, there's a heap of ways you can get in contact. Via social media, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Mamma Mia podcasts on TikTok, or you can go the old traditional email, thequickie at mamamia.com.au. And if you want more of us in your life, check out the Mamma Mia app. Just by reading or listening to our content, you're helping to fund girls in schools in some of the most disadvantaged countries in the world. Through our partnership with Room to Read, we're currently funding 300 girls in school every day. And our aim is to get to 1,000. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.